This is the Ghost Podcast, and I'm your host, Rosemary. And today we are talking about a type of ghosting you've probably never heard of or even thought much about. My guest today is Stacy, and her company is called the BioClean Team. The BioClean Team is a bioremediation company, which means that they clean up crime scenes and other biohazard scenarios that you probably don't want to think about. And she gets ghosted all the time from clients. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell us more about exactly what your company does. Yeah, so we do bioremediation. So biohazard remediation, if you think about like water damage, water remediation is kind of the same, but with blood. So when somebody passes away, sometimes they don't have family or friends or maybe were not discovered for a while. So they could, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a gross way to say it, but decompose into the surrounding structure. So sometimes, you know, the body decomposes for a couple of days, sometimes many weeks, and then a neighbor notices an odor, the police come, they have to identify the body. And then once the scene is cleared, we come in and remediate that um, space. So the home might need odor, you know, the fluid cleanup, the biohazard has to be cleaned a specific way. We transport it to a disposal facility. And then, you know, that's pretty much what we do. So that's like decomposition. We do suicides, homicides, hoarding cleanup, um, kind of just the grossest thing you can imagine. Bed bugs, cockroaches, that kind of stuff. How did you get into this type of work? Uh, two stories. One, I'm a registered nurse, actually. Um, I worked in the emergency room for 12 years. And I had a situation where my, my, my daughter actually was born early and she passed away. But it was during that time that all this blood was at the house when we were having this like emergent situation. And afterwards, even being a nurse and like being certified to clean blood and, you know, having my hepatitis and all the stuff that I'm, you're supposed to have. It was just very like sad to me and traumatizing to go back and clean that blood. So I was just thinking like, even as a trained professional, how would a family do that if they didn't have, you know, like just any background in medical or chemical or biohazard whatsoever. So that was one thing that had happened. And then as I'm talking to like the firemen and the EMS are coming in the ER, they're like, yeah, this guy just came from like this crazy scenario. He has no egress. We couldn't get in his home. You know, he's just completely alone and filled with like items and trash in his house and there's nobody to clean it. So we just kind of started helping people outside of the hospital slowly. And then it kind of grew from there. I also had a duplex that I had somebody get evicted from and they left it like in terrible condition. And so I cleaned that and I was like, okay, there's just like a need here. People are having all different sorts of scenarios, either, you know, somebody passes away or, you know, your family member is a hoarder and they don't, you don't realize it. Or, you know, even like demented patients, they might not have started as a hoarder, but like adult diapers start to accumulate in the home, or maybe they never, their, their dog has uh, fecal accidents all over the home. It happens way more than you realize. People just don't have like any way to clean it up because regular maids won't do it. So if you call like maid services, call us all the time, they say, hi, we just walked into this house. They said it was like a general cleaning, but it's all this stuff and feces and diapers. And like, we can't do that, you know? So those are, we're just like a niche cleaner, you know? Do you have to have a special certification or license for that? Yeah. So in California, there's a California Department of Public Health. Um, you need a trauma scene practitioner. And then to transport hazardous waste, um, you need that. And then if you're going to do like paint oil or anything like that, you need a hazardous waste transport license. So we have all those in California. Nevada is a little less crazy, <laughs> but um, we still have a hazmat permit just in case. I mean, it's not necessary technically. But yeah, there's regulations about storing and regulations about transporting and, you know, like the, the trucks have to be closed. And if you're going to store it, it has to be in like a refrigerated section that's inspected. So we just basically have to turn it over within, you know, 24 hours. It's kind of crazy. 
Where do you, what do you do with all that stuff? How do you dispose of it? You take it to a facility that does um, incineration. It's almost like when you go to the hospital and you see all the red bins and the red, you know, sharps containers that's picked up by a company like mine, but that company doesn't clean. They just pick it up and they take it right to an incineration facility. So we have the same license that they do, but we don't do commercial pickups and stuff. They're like way bigger than us. So we just let them, those kinds of things are their own. And we'll just pick it up from the crime scene itself and take it to that kind of incineration facility. I'm wondering, would you mind sharing what's, what's the worst scene that you've encountered? Do you mind sharing that? I mean, there's just so many. Um, Worst scene, like, I mean, the saddest or the most gross. I mean, I've seen so many gross ones. The the roughest, the biggest, there's so many different big cleanups, but um, one that was specifically difficult was a woman who had passed away in the condo upstairs. And when she passed away, she like fell into the sink or something and turned on the water. So the water was overflowing onto her and the condo underneath was um, under escrow. So nobody knew that there was a water leak coming from the top in. So when they got the keys and they opened up the condo, like this is your first day of your new house, you close escrow. There's just like a waterfall of decomposition and blood coming from the ceiling. So we had to take out, I mean, all the walls, all the ceiling down to the studs, you know, the entire new kitchen had to be removed all of the appliances were water damaged. I mean, so it was a combination of water and blood, you know, so that was, that was a tough one. It would just smelled so bad. I mean, it, all of them smell so bad. So it's hard to say like, what's the grossest, you know, because everything is unique in that way. A lot of sad ones, you know, family members are obviously going through a really hard time when we're doing this. So we have to be compassionate to that side too, you know? Yeah. What is the reimbursement like for that? Are, is it covered by insurance or how does that work? Yeah. And most of the time, um, if it's a homeowner's policy or a condo policy, yeah, it's these kinds of things are covered. It's water damage, biohazard. It's a covered peril. I've run into a couple where the policy is kind of weird and it's like excluding some things. Um, also, one thing to remember is like when you pay off your mortgage. So a lot of the elderly, you don't have to have a homeowner's anymore. And if you're forgetting to pay that bill, it's away. With a mortgage, you must have a homeowner's policy to protect the mortgaging interest, right? So if we find, you know, that it's an elderly person, they've passed away, their family wasn't really keeping up on their bills, they might not have an active policy. And then it's like basically a private uh, pay. That's really interesting. I didn't know anything about this. I'm sure (laughs) it's something that most people don't even think about until they need it. Totally different podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So talk talk to me a little bit about, I'm, I'm imagining... Tell me about your your staffing. How do you staff and hire people? And do you have issues with them ghosting you? You know, staffing is really difficult in California. Nevada is amazing. I feel like everybody wants to work. We put out an ad. We get people right away. Um, California, not sure if I'm being biased to California or if it's just like coincidental. But I mean, even my friends who are in staffing agencies have said California seems to be traditionally harder to staff. Um, We have a couple good ones and then we keep them. You know, we train everyone, obviously, like nobody really just has a background in this. You can't just like advertise for like someone with biohazard background, you know, from another, there's not many companies that do it. So when we get someone, we're mainly looking for like a teachable person and someone with our core values, you know, so we want someone who's has integrity because they're going to be in houses by themselves. We need somebody that's like very compassionate because they have to be on scenes where sometimes like a small child has died or, you know, a family member is very traumatic. 
um, multiple homicides, shootings, you know, there's just so many things. So they can't be, you know, walking in like, Oh, check this out. It's crazy, man. And taking photos, you know, we need somebody who's like me, you know, I understand what you're going through. We're here. We're just taking photos for our documentation purposes. Sorry for your loss. Can you step outside? That kind of stuff. So if we can find someone that has like those soft skills, anything's teachable, cleaning, removal of floors, baseboards, how to smell an odor that's teachable, but you can't really teach someone, you know, to, to be a good person, you know? So that's what we're looking for. And then once we staff, you know, they go through a, a training and then they're with their trainer for a while. So usually, I mean, what we've seen is like, we'll pull somebody in that we think is okay. And then we know kind of right away within a week, because a lot of them just, yeah, they'll ghost. <laughs> they just uh, stop coming or, um, you know, and, and we can't have that at all because it's so dramatic, right? It's, like somebody calls and says, you know, this person killed themselves. We need somebody there right away. And if I post that job and I've got like my lead person on it, who I know is never going to ghost, they're fine. But then their helper doesn't show up. Right. So not only can we not bill for those hours, which is like the business side of things, but then they're short, you know, and the family might have, I don't know what if you have to pull a mattress out, like you can't just do that with one, you know, small person, you know, it's just a pain. So yeah, we have we have people that go in California, Nevada. I've haven't really not had that problem, but California, Southern California, yeah, we just a constant turnover. We might hire ten people, and then just to the training day, maybe seven will show up. So then we're missing three, and then from training day to the two weeks out, we might get down to like four, and then when we like start actual positions and putting them out in the field, we might get down to like two, <laughs> and then we'll that's like the attrition rate of like hiring. Sometimes we just blanket hire because people just drop off. Employee ghosting is so interesting. I should probably do a whole other podcast about that because it's becoming, as ghosting is becoming so much more acceptable in the dating culture, it's like that's spilling over to work relationships too. At my company, we actually just had an employee ghost. We didn't, she was on vacation. She was a part-time employee. We didn't hear from her. She didn't show up for work for a week. We actually sent the police to her house and uh, we were worried about her. And she told the police, oh yeah, I quit that job, even though she never gave us any notice or returned any of her phone calls or anything like that. So it's uh, that whole ghosting culture and mindset has really spilled over into the job market as well. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's coming from either, because I mean, just as a kid, my first job at a bike shop, I was late like twice and the guy fired me and I was like 18 and I just learned, I called back, I was groveling, I'm so sorry. And I was never late again, you know, I just, I don't know if it's our generation that we just have like a different kind of ethic because it's bizarre, you know? And yeah, when we call and we're like, Hey, yeah, you were supposed to be at the job today. This is like your second no call, no show. They're like, oh yeah, my phone wasn't working or I slept in or, I mean, it's just bizarre and it's fine for them. They're just like, yeah, I had a dentist appointment. I couldn't make it. So like, did you want to let us know that that was happening? Yeah, it's so weird because it's such a different level of seriousness to ghost your job. Right. I I should probably, I'll do do another podcast episode on that someday. Well, yeah, we had an employee who um, he just didn't show up for two shifts. And then we were really worried actually. And then he's like, well, I got arrested in Mexico. And I was like, okay, you know, just let us know if he's like, I don't have to tell you if I'm going out of the country. I'm like, no, but I mean, like anybody responsible in your family that would let us know like, Hey, he didn't come back, you know? And then that guy was, um, he ended up getting sick from something in Mexico. So then he was he's like, I'll be there tomorrow for sure. Ghosted again. Okay. So now we're like on, you know, shift four 
And he was like actually mad at us for not calling and checking on him the fourth time. And I was like, this is just a very interesting way to think about it. Cause I mean, as an owner, I really don't have time to call everyone or even know. So like maybe my manager's dealing with the HR and like the absences and they're like, you know, Stacy didn't even call me and reach out to me. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't even know that you're missing actually. So I think it's just a mindset. Yeah. It's different. It's it's interesting. So I was given your information because Greta from Coping with Ghosting, who's been on this podcast and been on her podcast, she told me she met you. I'm not exactly sure how she met you, but you were telling her that you do these jobs that are really traumatizing and then you get ghosted by your clients. So tell me about that. I now have a credit card form on our you know, agreement. And I always thought it was very tacky to ask for money because I feel like, you know, here you're going through this traumatic situation. You're calling me in this time of need. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we'll be there now. Give me money. Right. I just feel like it's, it's tacky. So I had never done that before, but yeah, we found, you know, once you finish the job, how, well, well, first you have to ask for the money politely. Right. I mean, it's a business that that is the way it goes, but then we were finding people would just like not answer or not. And then I learned that if you send things to collections nowadays, there's really not much they can do. So if somebody's used to not paying their bills, they don't have the same level of anxiety that I do if my bills aren't paid. So there's all these things that I'm learning is basically like you can't put things on credit um, reports anymore. Like you literally have to take them to small claims court, get a judgment, send the judgment in, argue it with credit. So I think if you're on this level of like just not paying your bills and not picking up the phone, you kind of know that trick already. You know these tricks and these loopholes, and you just don't need to answer your phone and like, don't get the bill paid. So we started putting a credit card authorization. And when, you know, I always feel bad about it. So, you know, I'm selling the, you know, product, the service. Okay. We're going to go do this. So I spoke with Greta and I'm like, now there's a credit card authorization form. I'm not going to charge you, but it's in case you ghost us later, then we at least have something on file. And she was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. You say that I would never have thought about that, but I know somebody who does this ghosting podcast, blah, blah, blah. So that's how that came about. So how many times did you, have you been ghosted for payment before you started using the credit card authorization? Well, I was young when I started the business. So, I mean, it, there's a, there's a percentage, I'm sure somewhere with some KPI, (laughs) but let's see, probably, I mean, you know, if we're doing so many jobs a month, I would say, I mean, like maybe 5% of your people don't pay. Right. Um, Cause because you're running, and you know, it's really interesting. It's usually not these huge jobs. I mean, we've done multi-thousand dollar jobs, you know, six-figure jobs. And then we've done, you know, 1200 $1,500, $3,000 jobs. I swear it's like the $700, $900, $1,200 jobs that people are just like, oh, no, yeah. I mean, like, they just disappear. And, and we've had, like, some actual prominent figures in, I don't know, the world that have ghosted us for, like, a $700 job. It's bizarre because I know I'm like, I know, I know you have money, you know, um, it's just an interesting thing. But yeah, I don't I wouldn't be able to tell you like how many, but it was probably about a year of kind of going back and forth on this credit card authorization. My wife owns a salon and she's like, I always take a card. I'm like, yeah, but you're you're doing people's hair. I'm cleaning up their father who shot themselves in the garage. This is a little difficult, a little different. Um, so actually, we kind of are discerning, too. Sometimes I don't put the credit card if it sounds like a really traumatic thing. Um, sometimes I'll say, don't, don't put that on to my team. If it's something pretty normal, like rat cleanup, hoarding, feces, we'll, we'll put it on every time. And those are usually the ones that are ghosting us too. It's not um, the suicides. They're usually pretty like 
either I can bill insurance or, you know, we're trying to work with them because it's such a traumatic situation and the value speaks for itself. So they have no problem paying, you know? Do you think that people are ghosting you because they don't have the money or because it's just tied to this trauma that they don't want to think about it? Or what do you think? I couldn't jump in their brain totally, but I think the high percentage of it that is the hoarding and rat feces population, I think they're already living in this state, this mental state, and it's not a very healthy place to be anyway, mentally, not just physically where you're living in feces. But I mean, that's the type of person that I would expect not to pay a bill, you know, or maybe not have a lot of funds for that. Usually if the family's hiring us, the families pay, but if it's, um, a actual hoarding, like this just happened today, the guy, he said, and we have his credit card and everything, but I just, I want to talk to him a little bit longer before, before I just like arbitrarily charge him. But basically he's, you know, living in feces, this whole bathroom was covered in feces, doesn't have a lot of money. He has a budget of X dollars, very small. And what can we do in that amount of time? So we're going to come in and clean what he wants. Well, he changed it when we got there. So he wanted to throw out more things, do this extra bedroom, bathrooms filled with feces. The bathroom was so bad and scrubbing feces off. You ended up in a situation where it was like three or four hours of cleaning just for the bathroom. Yeah. So the bathroom alone, four hours, right? Anyway, finish the job, get the sign off, which I learned to do also so that there's less arguments later. And then, yeah, he's with the budget that we discussed. Okay. Totally. We're under the budget. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not paying any money because they could have done more. They could have done this, you know, and it's, it's just always something. So we will work with him a little bit and try to see like where he's at. But it seems to be like the hoarding and those kind of, you know, uh, really. And he's the specific person. If it's a family member, a lot of times they'll just pay, you know, because they just want to get it done. And they're stepping in for some reason. But if it's the person, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, that's. That's crazy. <laughs> the back end of business over here. Yeah. Stacy, is there anything that you've learned from running your business that could help other business owners not get ghosted by their clients and or their staff? Yeah. Staff is a hard one because I think we're always trying to improve our value to our employees. So, you know, over time when you first start or when I first started, I didn't have a lot of capital, so I couldn't offer as much. Now I can offer benefits and, you know, I try to reinvest back in them. Um, I offer like training classes and certification classes in exchange for time. So I'll say, you know, I'll cover a certification if you give me six more months of your time, right? And that has worked a little bit with some of, you know, like my strong people. Um, But employees, I think, is always going to be an interesting bag because you don't necessarily, some people believe that they're going to be fine and then they get on the scene and they just aren't. So And then it's obviously like a character thing, whether they can say that and have self-reflection and say, look, I just thought this was for me. It's just not, or versus like, they're just never going to pick up the call again. Right. So that is hard to know. Uh, I think it's always a growing point. I mean, we're always trying to grow (laughs) Um, with regards to getting paid uh, or having clients goes to you. I think it's also a value thing. Um, You make the connection with the person you provide the service you say you're going to provide and you offer them value. I think some people over time, I can kind of hear it in the phone who are like haggling, looking for, and I think probably as a new business owner back in the day, I was like, I'll take anybody, you know, I'll take the client, I need a client, I need a client. And now we're a little more discerning. You know, um, we had a guy the other day that called and was kind of haggling, but it seemed okay. 
And then he said, you know, I really want, I want a solid quote on the phone for an odor job, which is almost impossible. Cause I'm like, when I get there, I don't know what I'm getting into. You're telling me there was a dead rat, but what if there's a nest in the wall? You know, we just don't know. So I can give you my rates, which is transparent on, on the contract. So my rates don't change. I don't just show up and say, ha it's going to be hundred dollars more an hour, but I can't tell you how many hours of that rate I'm going to be using. And so he said, you know, you guys are predators. You can't just give me a call. I'm going to report you to the attorney general. And I was like, okay, we dodged a bullet with this guy because even though, yeah, I mean, $500, $900, great, make, make some money. How are you going to collect that money if he's already acting this way in the front? You know, so maybe just like listening to your instincts and the red flags, putting a couple of things into place and just knowing that it's not wrong to get a credit card up front, you know, to protect yourself because you have to protect your interests too. But also being transparent about that, um, putting it in the contract, maybe, or having a good contract. You know, we have a very solid contract now. And we do explain, like, I'm not going to charge your card tomorrow. We invoice after the fact the supplies. I have so many checks and balances in place now. I have a satisfaction form that they sign at the end. I have a final inspection form where we go over everything we did and like write out room by room with measurements, like what happened. And they initial that they understand everything that happened in the rooms so later, if there's another family member who's arguing or that family member is like, nobody told me anything. I don't know what even happened in my house. I'm like, okay, let me read the paperwork. And I go back and say like, oh, did they tell you they took this mattress out? And they're like, oh, I guess they did. Okay. And, you know, it's just a little bit of a check and balance. So I think the overarching theme is in your business, as you're moving through it, if a problem comes up, make a process to fix that problem. And then another problem comes and make a new process. and you'll always be fixing and creating checks and balances because you're not going to know all the problems that are going to arise, you know? So you just have to go through it and eat some poop. <laughs> and then as you go, uh, eventually you'll come to a place where you have all this paperwork and all this stuff and it's all these checks and balances, you know? But I mean, it's a constant grow, growing thing, you know, things are, new things are going to arise, new challenges. COVID was an entire new challenge for hundreds of businesses. How do you deal with employees from home? How do you deal with new, you know, vaccination requirements, masking requirements, contactless requirements? This is all a new challenge. So if you can't roll with these challenges that come, then obviously it's, it's going to be more detrimental to your business, you know? This has been a really interesting topic, something I enjoyed learning about. So thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and if our listeners want to find you online, where can they find you? Um, yeah, so we are the BioClean team. So it's www.thebiocleanteam.com. And I'm Stacy. I am, we have two locations. We're in California and Las Vegas. So pretty much we hit all of Southern California and uh, out to Palm Springs. And then we do uh, Las Vegas area as well. And I'll put that website in our show notes as well, listeners. Thanks for joining me today, Stacy. No problem. Thanks for having us. And listeners, we want to hear your ghost stories. So reach out to us on Instagram at the ghost podcast stories or send us an email at the ghost podcast stories at gmail.com or you can visit our website, theghostpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>